I think let's get this party started. This was a good post. I'm making a note here. Huge success. It's hard to overstate the Lynx's quality. Metafilter. This is episode 186 of the Metafilter podcast. Uh, I am Josh Cortex Millard. And I'm Jessamine. And we have with us today as well. Loop. Hi, everyone. Hi, Loop. Hey. So we are uh, we're we're finally getting uh, another person talking on the podcast again for the first time in forever, and I'm very excited about that. And uh, yes, thank and you for your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> th- th- thank you for it in theory. I haven't read it, so um, thank you for your uh, cards and letters. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to have someone else on the podcast. We hear you loud and clear. Uh, but yeah, so here we are. We are we are podcasting, and uh, and uh, that's that's it. That's the that's the plan. <laughs> How the hell are you guys? <laughs> uh, pretty good. And uh, you know, if you missed it, we also did a half month podcast talking about vampire video games and the television show Severance. And we got six comments in that thread, so a lot of people were excited about it. I think one of them um, was mine. Yeah, I'm not sure any of them were about either of the specific things either. I think it was just people being supportive. So, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that. Un- unannounced, unpromoted, extremely niche discussion of a couple media properties. That's that's clearly the future um, of this stuff. But uh, but yeah. Well, so we should probably talk about why we asked Loop to be on this podcast. Besides that's, that, people asked specifically for this yeah well i mean that that seems like a good plan well i mean and there's the you know we are in the the post-transition area it's is how i am thinking you like it. to say we're in the post-transition well, area it's, because it's, it's the it's, post-transition yeah. area for you yes yes no, for us it's pretty much the beginning of it yes yeah. <laughs> i quit my job yes for we're me, in the transition the, uh, era. Yes. Maybe we can all agree. We're 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 in the I'm unemployed uh, era, um, <laughs> and and the things I used to be doing, uh, Loop is doing many of them. And uh, one of the things I used to be doing was owning the the company. And Jasmine, you're doing that. And uh, am I though? How's that going? Well, I mean, you own it. You know, every, everything else. I you have know. the stock transfer, but the business isn't <laughs> licensed in my name. We're still yeah. We should be able to take care of that. In we. The, Yes, we. <laughs> Just you know, I wasn't going to bring it up. You brought it well, up. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's 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 dangerous for me to get into anything that involves me getting shit done. That's a, <laughs> that's a real own goal on my part. But uh, I respect that. It's summertime. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking warm here too. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah. So you two doing yeah, things, doing Luke. stuff. You you get you two both know more about what's going on on Metafilter in the last couple of weeks than I do, and that's very weird and exciting. And I'm <laughs> glad to have you here to talk about it and your experiences and whatnot. Well, I feel like we should talk about Loop a little bit first because I firmly believe people are probably bored with me and you know the ups and downs of my life. Uh, but we don't yet know anything about the ups and downs of Loop's life. And Loop, if you care to share, uh, you know. Give us, give yeah, us, you give know, us your thirty, your thirty-second loop elevator pitch, and uh, we can go from there. That's actually funny because I mean I've been here for a while now, right? 
And now right. when I think about it, I've been like super quiet. I'm one of those people who are in the background all the time. And so why, what can I tell you? In the past 15 years of my life, I literally anything in my life has been internet related. I mean, most of my jobs have come from the internet. Most of my friends, relations, everything. And that ties a lot into why I'm here, because because I've always known about, I mean, I've known about Metafilter for like 10 years, but always lurking and never had a profile. Just like, oh, go check this out. Interesting conversation. And then it, when I realized that there was an opening for a place to work there, I was like, yay, this is amazing. <laughs> and well, things have developed um, here. And, and I mean, to me at least, this is quite nice and quite interesting because it aligns a lot with the things I do believe in, which is I am from a generation that was basically raised with the internet in how it happened, right? And to me, it's one of those things where I saw it from being this technology that was very promising and we expected the world to be a better place. And well, <laughs> I won't bore you with how <laughs> things turned down. <laughs> So I'm one of those believers who think that there's still a lot of work to do to make it the internet a better place, right? And I yeah. actually think that this is one of the place I believe places I believe in. That's Definitely. pretty much. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, that's pretty much what I have. I'm just I'm looking at your profile and noticing <laughs> you have a birthday coming up in a couple months. Uh, yeah, I'm a Leo. I'm a in Virgo, so my birthday's a couple weeks after yours. Oh, there you go. Didn't know I'm that a, either. Which, I'm a Taurus, by the which way, means I don't believe in astrology. <laughs> <laughs> I mention it because people care, and I have this thing where, well, if you care about that bit of data, I'm going to provide it. But myself, I don't even really know what that means. All I know is the Virgos are like the uptight neat freaks, which is like both kind of me and absolutely kind of not me. Uh, and and more to the point, like my birthday, I believe this year is on American Labor Day, which is like kind of fake Labor Day uh, yep. compared to May 1st. And, uh, and this year, like every year, I always do this thing called that I call the Virgo month of leisure, yes. where it's like you're uptight 11 months of the year, take this one month to relax and then I always comment on what a joke it is that it's always the busiest month of the year save maybe the holidays and uh, it's just always very funny you know it's actually interesting for me because there is a thing that by the end of August always in the past years it's the busiest part of my entire year so it's generally like my birthday, it's something that I get to celebrate or do something about it by like mid-September or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just gotten used to it. I mean, there's no way around it. Yeah, I think this, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's good though. I think having a birthday month is, I don't know. I mean, I, I know there's a back and forth on Ask Meta Filter about how much grown-ups should celebrate their birthdays. But 
I got to say, I am definitely on like team birthday celebrations. I mean, I, th- I think they should celebrate them as, as much as they want to. That's the thing. Right? There's, there's, there's obviously no moral absolute here. It's like, you know, do what feels good for you. And if someone's doing something that you don't think you would do, don't do it. That's, you know, mind also your business, I, basically. Also, I think it's the cultural thing around that. Because, for example, here, here where I come from, Costa Rica, everybody does. Actually, the older you get, the more important it is. And then my my second family is from Taiwan. I mean, we are not blood family, but they are we they are my family. I was raised with them, and with them is the other way around. You just don't celebrate them ever, right? Like not even for children. No, not at all. And it's a cultural thing where how they celebrate things is like when you get married, for example. And they are like, sure, so you will give presents to the people who go to your wedding ceremony. And I'm like, isn't it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah no. I, I do think that it's one of those things that uh, you can adjust to your culture and the people around you. And at the end of the day, just have fun and enjoy it in the best way you can. Yeah, See exactly. That, I think yeah. in the United States, the understanding is like, you know, birthdays are more for children. And I'm just always like, eh, why? Like, we can all do a thing. As of now, I would say anything that you can celebrate, go ahead and do it. Cause no joke. we need to celebrate things. It doesn't matter how little they are. Yeah, lining lining up those W's, I think, is is <laughs> how how I read it on the internet and how I think it is important. And that actually, to me, it's interesting because I mean, it's one of the conversations I've been having with everyone recently. It's this thing where I remember when. I don't know, we used to be worried about climate change and a couple more things like capitalism and stuff like that. And now it's like, no, you don't have three or four things. You have like 18. Good luck with that. You don't have the luxury of only worrying about capitalism right now. Exactly. So that to me also means that every little thing that you have in life that you can actually enjoy do it. So, for example, when it comes to the birthday, for me, it's one of the important things where I am like, I don't know if I want to celebrate it, but having a reason to actually get together with the people I care, I will be like, yeah, I'm totally celebrating my birthday. Actually, it's just pretextual and it's a way to get them together. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. In the before times, a lot of times I'd be like, all right, we're having a big dinner out at, you know, one of the few local restaurants and... It's on me because it's not actually, it's pretty hard to run up a huge tab at any of the local restaurants. <laughs> and, you know, not not a big outlay. Everybody gets kind of the one day hookup and then everybody gets to kind of hang out with each other. Like I'm, I'm waiting for that to be a thing we can sort of safely do uh, yeah. moving, moving forward. Like I'm still like eh, pretty much no to indoor dining, but like we're in outdoor dining weather and a lot of our restaurants finally have sidewalk service and yeah we'll we'll see couple months yeah one of the things i do a lot is cooking because i know that whenever i say i'm going to cook something people will show up 
So yeah, that's that's my way to actually convince people to come. I'm like, yeah, I'm making something. Whatever it is, pay, yeah, you name it. But people will show up if they know there's food. Oh my gosh, Paya, it's been so long. Well, I, I mean, I've been trying happen. to convince you to come here for a while. <laughs> I know what you think about flying and stuff, but your decision, I, not mine. I gotta say, you know, I have definitely, my, 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 my rule for me right now is like, no more airports, no more airplanes until things stop being so unreasonable, both in terms of COVID and like staffing and everything else. But that is very tempting. And I have people, um, <laughs> friends of mine who live in my town here, which is, you know, small town, 4,500 people. And they have a place in Costa Rica that I think they like Airbnb a lot of the time. I don't know where it is. I'll figure out where it is. But they're, they've been forever like, come to visit, come. And I'm like, oh, I haven't been to Costa Rica since I was in my 20s, I think. And also there is that thing where in Costa Rica, you're never over three, four hours away from anything. And that's weird. I mean, if you yeah. have to drive three hours or four hours, it's like, it's far. Other right, than that, right, right. pretty much everything is one hour away, so. Which is glorious. You can you can go to the mountains, you can go to the ocean, you can go to, yes. And, and, and I then it the gets amount weird. Of, the amount of bird watching I could do there was, was truly, <laughs> like, just like more different kinds of hummingbirds. We have like two kinds of hummingbirds here. That and, is crazy. I literally, yes. as I mentioned, I just came back from Mexico City, right? I had been there before, and it didn't strike me as much before, but this time I was like, oh, so city, yes, but like nature and stuff. I, I forgot since I've been stuck in Costa Rica for so long due to the pandemic, I forgot how much I got used to nature. And now when I'm traveling, I am like, oh, now I do see it. Now I do understand it. This is intense. <laughs> Yeah, I went to Montreal for a uh, a work trip uh, a little over a month ago, and you know Montreal's lovely and the people are lovely, but it was like a city, and I just <laughs> it was fun to walk around. It was fun to have like a place you could get food at 10 p.m. Like, you know, but I I had to reacquaint myself with traffic and like just congestion you know there's just people everywhere even though like you know masking was pretty good and also like just you know my kingdom for a tree to stand under after a while just because it was very it was very concrete and that's yeah. just kind of not how it is here though i have to admit one of the things that i've been missing a lot since i've been stuck in costa rica for so long it's I miss actual seasons. I mean to see I miss to see the fall. I mean right now the thing that to me is driving me crazy is knowing that we are in the middle of the summer and here it's like sunset will be always like five, six PM, that's it. Right? And oh, you have those yeah, long guess... days during the summer. I miss that so much. Right. Yes. Yeah, because Costa Rica's enough more south that yeah, you don't get the big long stretches for here you get two things. It's either rainy or not so rainy. That's pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> there's no fall. There's no winter. There's no summer. There's no nothing. It's like eternal spring, something like that. Yeah. Well, and Which I guess sounds nice, I, but I miss it. 
I didn't really think about that that much, but yeah, the length of your days doesn't change the way it does, you know, up here. Like, Josh, remind me, I am further north than you are, or no? Um, I'm about 44? I don't remember. I'll have to look at a map. I think, I think we're actually this. about the same. Yeah. Um, and yeah, one of the, we just had solstice, and it means that, you know, longest day of the year, and... You know, it's glorious having, you know, there still be enough light to kind of walk around, uh, you know, at 9 p.m. And, you know, it's been a little too hot this week, but like, eh, like, you know that it's going to turn around, right? Like for, for every day that's too hot this summer, there'll be a day that's too cold in the winter and you can kind of flip flop back and forth. But at least, you know, things are, they're going to change and it makes it easier to deal with whatever stupid weather you're dealing with or your short days or your whatever. I don't know when the sun comes up because, boy, I'm not around to see it. But sunset, <laughs> lovely. I'm going to say, um, based on uh, Google Maps mm-hmm. and its Mercator projection, I am, in fact, a couple degrees farther north than... Oh, north. interesting. I mean, that makes sense. Just, yeah, but... I'm, I'm never sure. I always know it's just not what I expect, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so much snowier where you are than it ever is here. And, like, it's not my latitude. It's that we're, like, by the ocean. Well, I mean, you're by the ocean as much as we are almost. But, like, we've got the Cascades right here, and it's not so much uh, with that mountainous microclimate over in New England. Ah, the ocean. To me, yeah, that's the one ocean. of the I heard, things. speaking of Pacific Northwest... They repainted the Space Needle orange? Did they? I, I, I don't know. That's, that's what thing. I heard I on Malt Shop. I was very excited. I, uh, yeah. You know, things I know nothing about and didn't think I cared until I found out that I cared. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> yes. No, that's that's Seattle news. I, I'm almost obliged as a Portlander not to know. It's like, oh, did they paint their nice little, you know, showpiece? Good for them. <laughs> Is that true? Is there really like a Portland, Seattle kind of? <laughs> I, I not really. I don't think so. Um, I think there's that like <laughs> if there is anything in terms of like sort of rival cities, it's probably one of those things where like smaller college team has a rival, you know, re with like a Ivy League team, and the Ivy League team has never fucking heard of uh, <laughs> them. Yes, like you know, it's not quite that much of disparity with Seattle and Portland, but Seattle's like it's the bigger city. Um, it's the what what city? It, it, it's it's the bigger city of the two for sure. Like yeah. it's it's definitely got more weight to throw around if you're going to get into like some sort of like city influence bullshit. But what do they got? They got Fraser and we've got Portlandia and that sounded a lot better until I actually said it out loud. Because man, I hate Fred Armisen <laughs> so much. <laughs> he's in everything and he's he aggravating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I don't know anything else about Portlandia. Eh, that's fine. I, I barely watched it. Although I, he's I've, in Our Flag Means Death, and I just he is there. Yeah. managed to ignore him and enjoy that show nonetheless. Yeah. A lot of people were in the, uh, Our Flag Means Death. I, I enjoyed it as a sort of like comedy uh, cameo uh, sort of show. Sort of the same way The Mandalorian was low-key doing that. Like a bunch of comedians have just had like five minute parts in an episode of Mandalorian. Really? Oftentimes in elaborate makeup or their faces covered. Yeah. Like, uh, God, who was it? Like, 
Yeah, a bunch of people. A bunch of people. Hit. Brian Posehn is like just a guy giving them a ride at some point, and then I think he gets blown up. <laughs> he's like on screen for like two minutes and gets a line, and then he's That's dead. Right. Like, hey, but it's Brian, Brian Posehn. But, but Brian Posehn is like the world's biggest nerd, so that must yeah. have been... Yeah. You know, well, there's, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of fucking Star Wars nerds in the comedy world who like showed up on that show. So, um, and then they cast Bill Burr, who was like a major character in like the second season. He was like in two different episodes, basically playing Bill Burr in space. He's just like right. being this, you know, hey, fuck you, I'm from Boston. Um, I somehow never started watching season three, and I don't know why. Did season three come out? I, I if it has, I haven't whatever it was after so. the Bill Burr. I mean. Yeah, like I just did. Yeah, I think that was season two, and I don't know. I don't know anything about season three. I should um, probably make sure I even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. As per no, you're usual. thinking of Succession. <laughs> um, <laughs> Callback. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Have you been uh, uh, watching anything in particular, Loop? Any any media content you want to go off on a tangent about? Hmm. I mean, the thing is. Recently, I haven't been watching as much TV because of two things. First, lots of work. And second, I've been avoiding screens because of the pandemic specifically. I've been more like, okay, go for a walk, go find nature. However, there is this thing that to me is, I love Westworld. And actually, they just started the fourth season yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just saw a reference to that being back on. I, I got about halfway through the second season and then, like, got distracted. And that was not a good season to get distracted halfway through because, like, it's clearly two different timelines and two different Bernards and something going on. And I'm just going to have to start from the start of that season again to, like, figure out what the hell is up. I totally recommend it. To me, it's the acting that actually I love. And then science fiction. Like, I'm totally into science fiction. Then, aside from Westworld, now that I mentioned science fiction, I tried to watch the adaptation that they made of Foundation from Isaac Asimov. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, what they do is kind of try to go over the things that are not covered in the books. The books are very about what happens, but the the actual series are about how it happens, right? And it's interesting, but I mean, uh, there is this thing that when you read a book, then you see the adaptation, you will never be satisfied, right? Of course. Never. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, those are the two things that come to my mind recently. Other than that, I have been avoiding screens. I mean, most of what I do at this point is reading, but watching TV is not so much. I had it it wrong with The Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah. I have I have only seen the first season, and so second season, I guess the Bill Burr season, uh, is what I haven't seen yet. And and the third season has been announced, but not not completed. All right. But that's it looks your like Star Luke... Wars show update. <laughs> it looks like Loop and I are both fans of space westerns, according to Wikipedia. Looks um, like yeah. Westworld, Mandalorian, Farscape, which I loved. The Expanse, oh, which I loved the books and was deeply unsatisfied with the show, and Firefly. I'm 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 about let's see I'm four books into the the Expanse books. Oh, and nice! Really enjoying it, um, and just sort of taking it as the holds come along. So every two months I read another one. <laughs> um, but uh, but that works out okay. 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. I, I'm I'm really curious to see where the the book series goes because I liked the show a lot, but I started with the show and I still felt like the show just really kind of wow wrapped up in a way that was like eh. Um, so like it feels like and, there's and room the to show move in the end? books. Like yeah, the show ended. Okay, um, because it, the it books felt... ended, but like the last book just came out fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, the show ended. Um, I feel like fairly abruptly. Like it feels like maybe they didn't. They decided not to keep making seasons or found out they weren't going to be able to do so on the terms they wanted. I don't know. I haven't followed the production at all, but uh, it, it felt like it felt like hitting stop uh, in a sort of like. Right. Like, way. OK, now it's over. Yep. So I'm curious to see where the books go. I think you will like them. I finished the Mars trilogy and I've just been burning through books and I feel like maybe maybe Asimov's foundation like would be a good next set of books because I need those the Mars trilogy was good but I didn't love it but I did love that the books were very very long (laughs) 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 and and I know that's just a weird thing to like go choosing your reading from but like you know I am I mean there's something about having that like sort of long runway on something if you get into it and you can just sort of stick with it you know I, I always had trouble with short story anthologies. Not that I didn't enjoy the short stories, but like, you know, I didn't sort of get in a groove as much. Like I had to like mix it up again every like, you know, 12 or 20 or 30 pages. Yeah, um, exactly. Especially, you know, depending on how uneven the sort of selection is or why yeah. they're all sort of selected together, kind of. Yes. I'm also, I mean, I'm also an album person and like a entire discography person like i tend to like find an album i like and listen to it a bunch and then if you know it's not a fluke by that band like do that for each of their other albums and eventually like you know spend a ton of time with that those individual albums and those artists rather than doing sort of like playlisty uh shuffle listening right or like spotify find me more music like this one song yeah which can be nice i mean like it's nice to discover new stuff instead of just be stuck in like you know my grind but uh but also a lot of the times they're recommending stuff i'm like nah 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 nah, nah, nah." well i mean myself i hyper fixate quite easily with things so when it comes to music it's like oh that sounds nice let's listen to the whole thing and let's listen to everything they have ever done side projects and everything and then if something it any subject is interesting to me. I'm the type of person who will be at 3 a.m. <laughs> reading all the Wikipedia pages that are related to that and being like, why am I now an expert on something that I didn't know anything about yesterday? <laughs> well, and that's a good quality to have, especially if your next quality is not, now I'm going to get on the internet and argue with other people who have 30 years experience of that thing because I've been reading Wikipedia all night. Well, actually, that's the thing for me. In any platform I've ever used, in most cases, I tend to enjoy more lurking, reading, and listening to what people have to say. I, even though I have strong opinions, I'm not the person who will go into long discussions about things, mostly because, I mean, a lot of the time I don't know where people is coming from and what it means to them, right? So I just tend to enjoy more just sitting and relaxing and seeing what happens and read into yeah. what people have to say. Yeah. I think, and that's, uh, 
<laughs> so it's, it's a healthy quality on the internet, uh, uh, a healthy quality for uh, working with other people on the internet, too. Um, to a certain degree, because I do think that the people who are vocal help shape perspectives, right? Yeah. And so if you have something important to say, it's important for people to actually listen to that. And that's, to me, part of the beauty of the internet so, to a certain degree, right? I mean, when you go into MetaFilter, I get to read people's perspective some things that I am like, oh, it never crossed my mind that you can say it this way. Interesting. And I might have some of those. I just don't get to share them as much. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's like I think that's a big part of it. It's like recognizing like there is the value in and the need for like actually saying, okay, this is something you know I I have feelings about, and this is like important to you know be clear where I'm coming from. And then there's the instinct to like, oh, but now there's a text box, and I can put words into it, and like finding the difference between just reflexively putting words out there and finding that moment where hey, this is going to be. A contribution it's you know described like that it sounds really fucking trivial but like that's a huge part of what's tricky about the internet and part of why moderation is necessary and part of why moderation is tricky and part of why throwing a whole bunch of people onto a worldwide network and just letting things happen sometimes it doesn't go great as partly because yeah like having that sense of like oh this is listening time oh this is actually need to speak time is you know, that's and a skill now that set. you mentioned that, it's to me it's interesting because, for example, so right now I'm hosting a friend who, she's from Costa Rica, but she is uh, living in Finland. So she came for the summer here, and so her, my partner and myself, the three of us, pretty much tend to consume the same type of content, but we use different sites for that. And you can understand, yeah. and you can easily tell how the behavior is entirely different, right? So yeah, we, right. It, same, same, same information, different behavior. And that tells a lot about how communities are built and how people perceive these things and how even technology shapes how you do things. One of the things that I particularly love about MetaFilter is this thing that it's not gamified in any way, right? Well, you yeah. have other sites, I won't say which ones, where everything is super gamified. <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> it's obvious, I mean, come on. But there are these sites where people no longer care. It's not anymore about what they have to say. It's more about how do I people, how do I get people to like what I'm saying? And yeah, and yeah, nobody says anything seriously anymore in those places, right? And I'm like, ah, oh, come on, I want to see the real thing. Right, yeah. right, or something you actually care about instead of something that's, de you know, designed to provoke a response. And I think that sort of harkens back to what you were saying before, Loop, about the idea of, um, you know, worrying about capitalism. <laughs> that, like, you know, part of part of what we get from the internet is the fact that there are a whole bunch of people essentially using it as like um, resource extraction in in various ways, right? That they that they not only gamify, but they sort of fine tune for engagement in order to do whatever other sort of capitalistic things that they're that they're trying to do. And I think that's why you see, you know, businesses like Twitter that are always kind of tweaking their algorithms or whatever. Facebook, I just something happened on Facebook this week, um, which changed 
like I use this sort of Facebook native ad blocker thing and something changed. So all of a sudden it wasn't working the way it used to be. And I was just, you know, Facebook is like has a lot of utility for me interacting with local people. Right. Because they're not using other social media and that's where they put their events. And all of a sudden I was seeing a Facebook that was full of ads and I hadn't before. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is this what people are dealing with? It entirely changes your experience. Yes. Yeah. On a day-to-day basis. This is wild, you know, because so much of it was like, you know, recommendations because you liked this one thing. Maybe you want to hear about like Catholic church sex abuse. And I was like, what? What? What did I (laughs) click to make that happen? Like, oh my God. But, you know, that... I think affects engagement. You like a thing with a kid in it, you know. Yeah. Stop. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's 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 terrible because there is this thing where, it, to me, it all comes down to the revenue models that we as humans fucked it up at some point, like a decade and a half ago, somewhere there, where there was this thing. I mean, to me, it's super clear because, for example, we were using the internet to for ride sharing, right? Now we don't have ride sharing. We have Uber, right? Which is yeah. an entire, it's a lot more revenue, but a lot less community and humanity to it. Yeah. There, and you see it with uh, Airbnb and stuff like that. All of these services that are mostly about the money and not the community behind it. And, yeah. and to me, that changes so many things, right? Right. I, I'm still a firm believer in the early stages of the internet. I mean, of course, that's why I'm here. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's shocking. And, and one of the things that to me, it was hard to, to come to terms with was that, for example, uh, I think it was this year or last year, I'm not entirely sure that the most visited website in the world used to be Google. And now I think it's this year, it actually got to be TikTok, where I don't even have an account. I mean, <laughs> I, but I get to see some content, right? But I am like, and now the more I talk to younger generations, they are like, yeah, I learned this through TikTok, right? And I'm like, well, did you actually check any of the sources or anything? No, that's pretty much how I actually learned it's about the world It's almost impossible to check a source yeah. on TikTok. I know I sound like a weird, cranky librarian here, but like, oh my gosh. It is It is not an attribution-heavy culture. Like, I love TikTok. I, it is, like, easily my favorite social media uh, sort of platform among the big corporate social media platforms in terms of me just enjoying spending time fucking around on it. But yeah, it's like it's it's almost part of what works about it is like there is zero friction for things like writing things up and annotating and being dutiful. Like, no, that's not even culturally in the lingo of, of TikTok. And that there drives me go. fucking crazy. But well, and then, of course, we're seeing what we're seeing in the United States, right, where, you know, the Supreme Court made their decision based on facts that actually weren't true but somebody said they were true and so they're like oh, sounds right this was the prayer in school you know the the coach kind of guy yeah. it's fine if you don't know more about it you don't have to but essentially you know the the guy who was the coach was like oh no i never you know i only pray on my own and people are welcome to pray with me and then there's like literally a photograph that sotomayor included which was like nope this is you and your team like, hello now. Yeah. 
So I, Actually, I as a yeah, librarian, I'm slightly there. concerned about that. You know, I don't want to be in a post-factual world, but... It's actually interesting because I've been thinking about that a lot. And one of the things is I was... So there is this concept that to me has has been in my mind for the past weeks or a couple of months probably, which is how technology technology becomes transparent, right? So I use reading glasses and it gets to a point where it's no longer something I use. It becomes part of how I see things and it becomes part of myself, right? Sure. And right. we tend it's to just do sort that. of axiomatic at that point. Exactly. And that happens to every kind of technology we have. I mean, from a stick that we use to reach things to the social media we use to a phone to all of this. And so I'm, I'm totally there with you and the thing that uh, facts do matter and how in that to me is important. And so it's hard to see hard to see a world where people will say anything they want but where are you coming from do you actually have anything to back it up people are not really asking that anymore in many places right there are all the places where that still happens but that to me it it's a shift that i think it, it i'm worried about that a lot yeah it's like yeah it, it's it's not even that nobody does it it's it's the continuing shift away from it as any kind of reinforced expectation and and that's that's the fucking hard thing because like it's not a bunch of people like getting up one day and say you know what i'm tired of facts um, <laughs> you know like everyone's just being a person and some people are being shitty people with some intentionality at times but even most of the people who are being shitty are more being shitty because of the the, as a product of like the system and the environment that they have been exposed to and that environment is not doing a good job of helping people not be shitty and knee-jerky and reactionary and whatnot and like it's it's so hard to figure out how to counter this kind of trend that is you know driven more by the the weird circumstances of changing technology and profit motive. And there's, there's no money behind incentivizing being a well-informed reader and citizen, basically. Like, well, and actually, sorry to interrupt you, but with if that, there is, actually, let us know loop. <laughs> <laughs> well, th that to me actually strike, it strikes a point that it's super important to me about what is going on with the site right now, which is, I've seen websites and things I care about at similar stages already, right? Which is like, from here, what do we do? And one of the things that I've seen happening all the time is they start making decisions on how to monetize and they either go well or go wrong, but they change the entire blueprint of what the actual service, website or product was. Yeah, let's change and our you business no model entirely. Exactly. Josh saved us from that. Exactly. I mean, it's one of those Thanks, things where Josh. the decision welcome, to man. actually bring power back to the community to actually make it more what you like of it, it's a thing that, believe it or not, never happens. Never. In the history of internet, you'll see how <laughs> these ideas, it's like, take all the beauty of it and then transform it into a business model that doesn't go anywhere and doesn't help humanity in any way. Yeah. 
So I particularly, one of the things why I show up to work every single day, it's because I'm, the way I say it, we are actually making an effort to actually make Metafilter a little bit more Metafilter by allowing members to actually have a say in there. Yeah. And that, to me, it's one of the things that the internet rarely, rarely does. Yeah, and yeah, what I... we're really hoping, I think all three of us, to be able to do kind of a low-level, subtle pivot to a little bit more, you know, community steering wheel than Metafilter has had before, but with the idea that it should be run you know, more by the community, which isn't to say like the community clocks in and clocks out, maybe like Loop does or, you know, Josh did or I'm supposed to. Sorry, Josh, I keep calling you Josh and not Cortex. I hope you it's don't mind. Fine. I, it's fine. Both have always been fine. Okay. The, the, other, the only thing that's ever weird is like a couple times, I feel like in, in Metafilter uh, earlier this year, a couple times, someone who does not know me was really poorly saying Josh Millard. It's like, well, okay, that's my name. I'm not shy about it, but also... Uh, it's you know, kind of like your mother saying, oh, being you know, like, like Josh, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Lord, you get down here. Yeah, we, we don't have a you use my full name to point out how angry you are at me sort of relationship. Like, you can be that angry at me, but like, there's other places on the internet. But I know uh, I know this, Josh, but what's your middle name? Edward. Wow. Yeah. I did I, not I, I, know I any of that. I, I never. Well, I mean, I, I never use it. You know, I, I've I've always only ever gone by Josh too. And I very recently, I may have said this on a previous podcast, but like, there's good food carts around here. It's one of the things I like about my neighborhood. Um, and you know, a busy busy food cart pod where there's like twelve different food carts and people eating and whatnot. They're gonna yell your name from somewhere, and not everybody yells very loud. And Josh sounds is, like like it's nothing. It's just it's it's just an awe sound with some wind around it. Yeah. So I've I've been going. I've been saying when they're like, oh, what do you want to? You know, what's your name? I'm Joshua at the food cart now because that's three syllables. That's is got that some, technically your your real first name? It really is Joshua. Yeah. Um. But uh, but it, it it carries, you know, like they they have to hit three syllables, so there's like a melody to it rather than just like ah. Yeah, Jess is absolutely unhearable. Like, yeah. and if I hear people talking in a group, I always think they're saying like they say just, and I think they're saying my name. Yeah. But if I say Jessamine, then we've got to do the how do you spell it, hokey pokey, for thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> With mine is funny because it's. This thing where, I mean, at this point, I just allow people to pronounce it however they want, right? But, but I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because actually, if you're technical about it, it's actually pronounced loop. But at this point, everybody pronounces it loop, which uh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> wait, I actually wait, like wait, it. Wait, do it again. I... <laughs> loop. Loop. No P, just loop. 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 Oh! Yeah. Yes! Hey! Good to know then. Loop. Oh, don't worry. I mean, at this point, I don't oh, even. Worried, I don't pronounce it myself like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, seen, by the way, in case you didn't know, that's actually wolf in French. Hey! Lupine, hey! What? <laughs> Mind blown! This is great. <laughs> I'm so glad we've had this conversation. <laughs> That's how you get to know people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those who I'm I'm an open book if you get to talk to me, but otherwise I'm a very quiet person, I guess. Once you get me to talk, 
I don't stop. I admit that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always been my experience with like like doing social situation stuff. Like I don't I, I wouldn't say that I'm like an introvert, but like I'm definitely an introvert until we've talked for five minutes in terms of instincts. Um and then and then like yeah, yeah, I will uh, as long-time listeners of this podcast, no, just absolutely not shut up. But totally but it, it takes that little person. bit you have to like hit that first checkpoint right tell me a little um, bit about gnomic josh well yeah, oh well <laughs> man i have feelings about gnomic these days like not gnomic itself but like the more bullshit has like undermined the basic institutional functionality of a notional democracy the more a game that's about sort of satirically examining democracy does not feel like anything i'm ever gonna want to play again in my life it's like right. oh yeah let's uh yeah <laughs> Let's see how this falls apart. Uh, oh, no, Mick. Yeah, Peter I was Subers. talking to uh, the uh, guy that runs our newspaper in town. And, you know, we were talking about this or that. And I was like, well, you're, you know, I'm talking to him like, you're friendly, you're chatty. He's like, oh, no, I hate people. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no, you don't. We're having a great conversation. He's like, I like you. And I'm like, you don't hate people. You're just shy. Like, he just, before he, you get he, to know people. He just pretends to like people because he wants those pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> what? Uh, J. Jonah Jameson? I don't know. I was what? just, it's first thing I thought of with the newspaper. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was interesting trying to sort of delineate like what's introvert extrovert and what's just kind of shy versus outgoing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I can be, I'm less initially shy with people than I used to be because I would rather get along with people than have them be like, she's weird um, to the extent that I can control that. Um, and and part of that does involve kind of like, you know, idle chit chat and how's the weather and how's it going and whatever. And I used to just resent it and hate it. And like, if you read Ask Metafilter, you'll see a lot of people who resent it and hate it. And, oh, sure. um, you know, but once I sort of figured out kind of the social purpose of it and I could make it make sense to me, it's become something that most of the time, unless I'm exhausted, you know, I actually enjoy. And like, you know, Tim, who runs the newspaper, like he talks to everybody all the time. Like he goes, he takes photographs for the paper, which is interesting that you mentioned it. Uh, and, you know, so he has to go into strange situations constantly and be able to be like, hey, but he's got a status position which I think makes it easier for him so that yeah. one of the things he's right. not doing is jockeying for, you know, are you more important than me? Am I more important than you? Like confusing, yeah. confusing. Um, I'm just happy he likes me and I'm waiting for, you know, like and they gave me a little that. desk at the newspaper and I'm worried eventually they're going to regret it. <laughs> and now that you say that actually to me it's interesting because i'm one of those people who are like i don't actually like people until until i get to know them right yeah yeah and i think it's because there is this threshold where you actually have to develop empathy right i know where you're coming from and right. that to me it's something that that as a generality i i, I can't have it that easily but when I actually engage with someone, I it, it it entirely changes, which I think it's 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 just really interesting because because that's how you actually engage with people, how you change your mind about how you see things. It's with when you actually engage with them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a muscle you flex, kind of, and exactly. you get better at it. 
that's that this is <laughs> the conversation about this stuff always remind me of uh sort of meetups which i miss and resent the fucking pandemic for we were making talking not about feel... meetups while you were rebooting actually yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, everybody missed me having to reboot my computer because my voice turned into a robot. That all happened before we started. Um, because of this old fucking Mac workstation, the last uh, the last, last computer uh, Metafilter ever would have paid for, and it's been a few years now. And uh, I finally got rid of mine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I really like about meetups for Metafilter is, and this probably applies to other kinds of meetups as well, but for me, Metafilter is by far and away the most common reason I've ever gone to a meetup with random people from the internet or whatever, um, is like you have a starting point. And, you know, I whether, whether I should describe myself as an introvert or just describe myself as someone who has anxiety and is bad at initiating small talk, Either way, that's one of the challenges of like sitting down with people you don't know already and just like starting to socialize is like you have to break the ice. You have to get things rolling. Um, and when what you have in common is like literally anything anybody remembers that happened on Metafilter in the last week or month, that's a lot of content that you know from the moment you walk in the door you have as a shared point of interest, which is great because like – it's not even like, oh, what have I personally been doing in this creative right. pursuit we have in common? Like, which is great when you have that, but like, it can be challenging if you're like, oh, but I haven't really done anything lately. <laughs> but if it's like Metafilter, other people have done plenty of stuff on Metafilter. You can talk about it. like, hey, did you see that thread? And if that's yes, okay, let's talk about it. If no, let me tell you about it. Like, it's such an easy on-ramp. Um, and it's one of those things that just sort of gets you talking uh, in a way that I, I really kind of appreciate because it lets, because yeah, people can sort of, come out of their shell when they have something to talk about that doesn't feel effortful. And that's a big thing. Like that's like, I, I feel like Luke, this is the first time you've like been on a podcast with us for like, uh, Oh, we're going on 50 minutes now. And I feel like the first five minutes was like, kind of like, well, okay, we got to figure out what, what is the rhythm? Like, we're not saying this out loud, but there's this like, what is the rhythm? What are we going to talk about? Et cetera, et cetera. And it, it feels a little bit stilted. And at this point we're, cross talking over each other very naturally because we sort of we we found that like that thing um, of course and it's not like and it's not even like the, it's not the first conversation you and i have had we've had a bunch of fucking zoom calls over the last couple of years uh, exactly but like it's it's a different context and i don't know I, I i think it's great because yeah you get people opened up and then that thing you're talking about with the empathy it's a lot easier to develop a sense of empathy for other people when you start engaging in sort of like a natural sort of I'm interested in what this person is saying and how they're thinking way instead of like, I've got to figure out what I have to say now. Like, that's not a good place to try and. And as Jasmine said earlier, I think it's actually one, it's one of those muscles that you actually have to exercise, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's been what, like 14, 13 years working remotely. I mean, I, I rarely get to see people. So one of the things that I realized is that you need to find ways to connect with people, even though you won't see them face to face all the time, or you will yeah. get to talk to them just 30 minutes in one month, right? So how do you humanize that? 
And that's so important because if we are not able to do that, it's we are in trouble as as humans in general. Yeah. That's the way I say it. Yeah. One of the things that... Go ahead. No, 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 no. You go ahead. No, it just crossed my mind because it made me remember at a previous undisclosed website I used to work for. <laughs> <laughs> there, they had like, their member base was so passionate. And so there was this particular person who was, yeah, the perfect definition of the word troll, right? Mm. It was one of the last, the least positive people you could ever talk to online. And then one day they came to Costa Rica. So we met face to face. We hit it off right away. And we were great, great friends in like five minutes. Why? Because you get to humanize them for the first time ever, right? You realize that we have this thing in common. We, have, we are both passionate about this. We just go about it different ways. And so having that little space to actually understand that we actually have more in common than what we think we we do, that changes a lot to me. Well, and that's and, definitely happened to me at like, you know, historic Metafilter, because I've been going to Metafilter meetups for whatever, 15 years now, something like that, 16, 17, like, because we had them in Seattle when I was still, you know, yeah. a Metafilter person there in the 90s. Um, and, you know, I did meet people who were like, for there was only a very little bit of the 90s when you could have been a Metafilter person. Oh, though. I guess, I guess, sorry, I'm thinking of like my own <laughs> blog, which was 97, the early aughts then. Uh, but yeah, meeting people who had like, let's say, kind of acerbic, I'm not sure if this person is even really real, really espousing their real beliefs, opinions on the site. And then getting to meet them and either being like, oh, I get it. Like this person is either extremely socially anxious or, you know, has this or that concern, which is why they present themselves in that way, you know, yeah. would really change, at least for me. And especially for like, you know, then moderator me, um, yeah. change the whole vibe of how I felt like that person was interacting. Yeah. Well, and it, it's such a, God, it's. It's such a weird, interesting, complicated thing. I would say for me, one of the things that like, for better and for worse, one of the things for me is like, I've always felt I had like a pretty decent capability to get into that sort of like theory of mind, headspace, empathetic space with people without necessarily a ton of info. Like, you know, I mean, <sighs> Jessamine and Loop, you have both at different times been involved in lengthy parenthetical conversations with me where I'm trying to sort of unpack someone's motivations and try and understand where they might be coming from and what might be the point of miscommunication and how we can sort of like gap that and whatnot. And like that part is not necessarily difficult for me, but figuring out how to approach like the problem after having done that theorizing is, is trickier because people are people. But one of the things is a real recurring thing is I can develop this sense that like, I think I know where this person is coming from, but unless they feel like they know where I'm coming from or understand or believe that I have a sense of where they're coming from, that doesn't matter because they're going to be operating from a point of sort of like self-protection and defensiveness about it. Like that's one of the things you see with people who are shitty, like, you know, in a specific context, but you meet them and it turns out they're not like just actual shitheads. It's like, it's usually they don't, operate from a position where they assume they will be understood or where they assume they will be given the benefit of the doubt or or 
be met equally on stuff. And like, but that's one of the things that I actually admire from you a lot, which is that you are always willing to do the work to actually go and meet them and humanize that person. That, I mean, a lot of people in the internet can just see people as the words they put in, right? You actually do have a clear idea that there is a human behind the keyboard. Yeah. And that sounds like basic to us, I guess, but to a lot of people, that's not really a thing. Well, and that's one of the challenges with like a site like Metafilter or anywhere else. And that I think Metafilter does better, but like Metafilter has just as much of a challenge with it as anywhere. It's like, how do you get everybody to be in that headspace all the time? How do you get everybody right. to be trying to remember to be empathetic and to try and stop and say, oh, I only have a couple paragraphs from this person who I don't know, and I'm having reactions to it that are based on sort of dealing with a blank splate instead of like thinking about why is this person saying what they're saying and what's the context that's coming from. And, you know, it's like well, and, and everyone should do a ton that I bring yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and expecting everyone to do a tremendous amount of work in interpreting things every time is like unrealistic, but fostering, like going back to the idea of like, what does the culture even encourage in the first place? You know, you know, Metafilter is not going to solve the problem of fact checking, but Metafilter, can maybe continue to work culturally to solve its own problems of, yeah, empathy and, and, and sort of assumptions and, and, and figuring out touching, the lens. There you're touching one of the key things for me, which is that on a very basic level, when we talk about what moderation is, it's actually this thing where you actually want to kind of do your best to remind people that when you are discussing any subject, right? For you, it can be theoretical, and that's it. But for um, some other people, this is actually their lives. This actually affect them. So you have to, if you bear that in mind, that changes how you talk about it. Yeah. Right? And I feel like a lot of the growth the site has shown over the years on a bunch of fronts is in, in sort of accomplishing that culture. Like, there is a much better general understanding on the site and general set of expectations about that than there have been in the you know early days of the site and you know like conversation now versus 15 20 years ago on any number of topics you know you look back at the old threads it's like ugh and people now are like hey no actually that's not cool you well know? and i think having that codified um you know in terms of like you know the content policy the privacy policy the guidelines the you know what are microaggressions give you something to point to so that when you tell yeah. somebody hey maybe you need to kind of retool this because yeah. of this thing i feel like that is helpful uh yeah because like it gives th those other documents... people it's sort of a, a jumping off point where they yeah. can understand the expectations which i think is one of the things we've heard from users over and over that they prefer yeah it, it's not it's not that those documents by themselves solve the problem but those documents create a framework in which people can better understand and better refer to sort of the expectations of the site and it becomes yeah sort of some 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 bedrock and some some foundation for the individual user decisions and actions and attempts to reinforce a culture because like none of it happens unless people buy into it. You could put up any list of rules and guidelines you want, but if people don't take it seriously or don't care about it, then or if moderation's just... not going to back it up, right? I mean, that's Twitter yeah. and all their trust and safety yeah. stuff. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, sure, but like, well, that's not what you actually do. So, what does it mean to have documents that say that that's what you're doing? Yeah. To me, that's actually one of the things that 
that I mean, I, I, I could go on for hours about how it, let's use one specific example. Let's talk about Facebook for a second, which I hate to do, but it's one of those places where I can't tell you how many times I flagged something because it's ridiculously transphobic, right? I won't say exactly the things I've seen, but I mean, things that you are like, there's no way this is close to okay for anyone. Yeah. And then you flag it and they are like, yep, nothing wrong about it. Go on, just ignore them. Yeah. And that's shocking, right? I mean, how can we live in a world where a site as big as them can do those things and they don't really care, right? I mean, that's... Well, (laughs) and I saw a really interesting analysis of that talking about, I don't even remember, I think it was like Serbo-Croatian uh, disputes, right? That that part of the issue is you had, you know, an out-group that was being sort of online terrorized by an in-group, but the people who are moderating are more likely to be from the cultural background and from the language background of the in-group. And yeah. so even if they kind of saw what was going on, they might not have a particularly nuanced understanding of the debates, but they also weren't at the table, even of the level of having the power of being moderators. And so, you know, I think I think this was even more of a deal, uh, you know, with the Rohingya, uh, with with some of the stuff going on in um, uh, Myanmar and, uh, you know, the the people who are um, or in, in China with the Uyghur, like, you don't have Uyghur moderators at Facebook. You know, you have Chinese moderators who maybe downplay the issues that are involved with sort of the Uyghur subpopulation. And, you know, it's the argument for having a much more diverse workforce and, you know, training them appropriately to sort of understand in-group and out-group dynamics, which maybe if you've always been part of an in-group, don't aren't even visible to you you know like yeah. i've learned a lot on metafilter just listening to people talk about white women exactly. when i'm not involved in the conversation but just yeah. reading along being like oh you know it's it's you know it's the this is water effect where like yep. i didn't even realize but listening to other people talk about it who are different from me helps me learn and if i can also shut up while doing that i'm not also making it worse yeah. And you know, I think this this goes back to revenue models and how a business is built. Because, for example, the way it works for a site as small as Metafilter, which percentage of everything is moderation? How much care is put in there? Well, I, I am talking from experience because I literally used to... I, I was directly in touch with the trust and safety team at Twitter and what they have, it's actually people who will do it in bulk, right? So they have to sure. review reports, like so many of them, that yeah. most of the time they have, it's used into just go over the amount of reports you get. And very little of that is into actually learn about the issues that are being reported. And you don't have the knowledge to actually handle all of that. Or so, the time so, to research it. Exactly. And so that's not sustainable in any yeah. way yeah this is this is this is why i was laughing a minute ago is like i was catching myself wanting to go into a long rant as i am want <laughs> to do about like like you said something loop about like how it's it, it's it's bizarre that like a platform as big as facebook is like 
letting this stuff happen. And like, it's partly because it's so big and it's partly because the way it got big was trying to make money off the thing. There's, there's no clear profitable way to do an ethical amount of moderation on any of the big social media platforms because they scaled in favor of growth and metrics and profit exactly. instead of saying how like do we have a foundation that we can actually scale up responsibly and like who cares remember, that's not what the money is i remember about what, what was it like seven years ago i was at well i already said it at twitter's headquarters and we were talking to our trust and safety team and one of the things that crossed that to me was shocking is they had their own team of developers aside from the normal development team they had one just for trust and safety where they could request tools and features and things to be built in no time right sure and i was like oh those are amazing things that you can do with the resources you have but then you realize that that's just one side of the story right then there yeah. is this thing that you are growing so fast and to the point where you no longer care that that much about things that are happening and that are being said so you get to a point where what people say is not that important. It's just that, well, you don't want people to put bomb threats bomb threats in your site, right? That's as far as who you go. And I am like, well, that's that's very shitty. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, not okay. Not having bomb threats is, is not an acceptably nuanced bar for fucking moderating an online community. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, and and remember remember when Trump got banned from Twitter and there was a whole bunch of like screenshots that were leaked of what their moderation tools looked like. And I, I don't know about you folks, but like I remember looking at them and being like, this isn't even this isn't oh, this even is, very good. Like, this, this is, oh no, yeah. no, 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 and and it gets to a point where it becomes very political. Now that you mentioned Trump, for example, it's one of those things where I swear I wasn't there at the table, but I'm pretty sure that that decision was made just because of the public relations side of it. If Trump was saying that, but he wasn't that visible, they wouldn't have cared. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that it's concerning is you need the people who are at the table making decisions to actually care about what people are saying and about because that changes the entire blueprint, the entire uh, website, how it is and how it shapes how people see things. Right. Yeah. Twitter went recently from like their reporting um, for if you wanted to report a tweet, it changed where it used to be, you know, quote, using the reply feature to spam, unquote, was enough of a reason to report or block someone. And now that same uh, sort of rule or guideline has been changed to using the reply feature repeatedly to. So if somebody just replies to you with a whole bunch of like, buy Bitcoin crap, you know, you can still block them, but you can't. You know, you're not going to get that account shut down, and one would assume they aggregate those reports, and there's some backend mechanism that'll that'll go to that. But to what you were speaking to, Loop, the user doesn't see that, and so all the yeah. user sees is the website doing nothing, and they don't feel safer or protected. And or it's a fucking like six-click process to <sighs> seemingly have nothing happen. It's just it's. 
lots of clicking. And Twitter also has this thing now. Ooh. I don't know if either of you two know about this, but it's called Birdwatch, which hilarious. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've signed up for it. And what Birdwatch means is when you read a tweet that's like from somebody and it's some garbage statement, you can add a comment to that tweet if you're part of the people in the Birdwatch beta that that then can get evaluated by the people in the Birdwatch beta so that when somebody sees the tweet, it has like a little like, you know, this has been, you know, read more about this or whatever. And so somebody could be like, you know, this isn't true what they're saying. Here's a citation or they're saying this word, but that's not what that word means. Like you can add context that might not be available in the tweet itself. Now, you know, to be honest, I think most people aren't going to be using it, but it was really interesting, especially with the um, Supreme Court decisions this week. You know, a lot of people are trying to sort of get their clicks on with hot takes about this, that, or the other. But it's the first time since I've been involved in this that, you know, I've had the ability to both add commentary, but also evaluate others' commentary. And for the most part, you know, I sort of agree with uh, what many people say that like the, the truth has a bit of a liberal bias or, you know, the liberal whatever that that I think there's a lot more people from the right just making crap up. And so it's interesting to see the kind of birdwatch approach to that, being able to sort of add facts and commentary without polluting the discourse with a lot of people yelling back and forth, for example. Yeah. And I don't know how you, you know, get on this beta or what you can do, but I've been, for me, from a community moderation perspective, it's very interesting seeing sort of how it's designed to work. And it'll be more interesting to me if they do any public reporting on how it's actually working, you know? Yeah. And that's an interesting one because, I mean, it all comes down to resources, right? I mean, sure. Sites like Facebook and Twitter, like they are huge, so they do have resources. But then you think about the amount of content that is being created and how problematic it is, or it can be. And then you realize that the numbers don't really add up. I mean, you don't have enough people to actually review all the re reports with the time. It actually takes to actually make an informed decision on something that it's being reported. So we are seeing a change in humanity and in technology right now where these are things that we as humans are trying to address and companies are trying to address in ways that, I mean, we still don't have the right answer to all of them. I remember back in the days where, for example, there was this trend where people were going into Amazon to actually add reviews just for content purposes you know they were just funny reviews right and you can find them yeah. sometimes still they're fun like, <laughs> like milk jug reviews it was one of the classic ones back in the day um let's see if i can find that actually right i mean there are so many of them that are super funny but then you realize that you have a feature that was not intended for something like that and then it explodes right how do you face something like that and I mean, particularly when it comes to the huge, huge sites, you'll see that, I mean, they are failing terribly. And just because they see it from another perspective, which is the main thing, it's revenue and not necessarily content, right? 
And that to me, I mean, it sucks. It's, I mean, again, it's, I definitely think it's a generational thing. I was born in, in a time where I was a teenager when the internet came and I was like, this is going to change everything. This is going to make our lives perfect. <laughs> and well, I mean, well, <laughs> that's well, all I, I have mean, to say. Teenagers well, are teenagers, right? Like, sure. <laughs> Well, we are about uh, hour and ten minutes in here, and just I could just, just keep hit yelling. one 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 by my yeah yeah hello. It's a, it's a good number exactly one eighty six. Um, I I don't know if we uh want to just keep yammering, which is fine. If we want to try and it feels almost uh, silly at this point to try and nuge in normal uh post content. Um, so I've, I found a link to some Amazon reviews and that can be the one link for the show if we want to do it that way. I also have um, a, a shout out that, um, the job that I put up, I believe it was, oh my God, this is me starting to talk before I, <laughs> <sighs> uh, on June 2nd. So when was the last podcast? Uh, uh it's around May 31st. The, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I think we were talking about this, uh, Josh, that uh, I posted a job for a rewrite of my stupid book list that was in antique PHP oh, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from the aughts. And um, I found a Metafilter user who took that job and did significantly more work than uh, I was expecting that job to take but i guess it was a bigger job than i thought but he was a delight to work with and um that uh project is now finished and i just wanted to give a shout out to uh mike whose username i of course don't know because i only interact <laughs> with him oh my god oh my god we are professional podcasters. I, We've been doing this for years. I wasn't expecting to do this part of it. It was your idea. You brought it up. I know, but I oh, wasn't man. expecting it when I had time to... All right. Just say hey, Luke, some words any, and I'm going to go fucking look. Is, is there any particular uh, post anywhere on Metafilter that you liked in the last month or so? Nightwood. Nightwood. Oh. Shout out to Nightwood. You, you fixed my stuff. Thank you so much. It's great, and I love it. Sorry for interrupting now. Wood. What did you? <laughs> you know, night moves. Oh, my God. That's what I was doing in high school. I was listening to Bob Seger and the Se Silver Bullet Band. Nice. Is it? Nah, you know, mm. it's a polite thing to say. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> So interestingly enough, now that you ask about posts that I'm interested in, here's the thing. As much as I love the blue, I spend most of my time in ask. And the reason That's why, fine. Same. No, and the reason why, it's because I actually think that you get like so specific questions, you know, things that are hyper specific and you get points of view that I'm like, oh, I never looked at it this way. So I literally, most of my time in the site 
it's not even saying what is new, but I actually go back in time. I start scrolling back and see previous questions, and I am like, oh, that's something I want to know more about. Yeah. On what what people have to say about that, and that's where I spend most of my time. When it comes to the blues, the thing is, I actually get to follow all of them, and then it gets to a point where I am like. At this point, in reality, with the pandemic, a lot of it is very tied to things that are going on that I am like, do I want to know more about what's going on with the world? <laughs> no, absolutely. This is, I mean, this is, this is one of the things that is hugely uh, great for me in having left the job is like the last couple months, I haven't really had to pay attention to any Metafilter thread I didn't want to because I wasn't moderating it. And it turns out most of the threads I would be moderating are the ones that I'm not paying attention to. So like I'm looking for like the weird weird stuff posts and the art posts and the music posts and like oddball technology and the occasional internet drama fracas. And and like and being able to just put it down and walk away is fantastic as far as that goes. Um it's definitely I'm I'm enjoying myself on the blue a little bit more uh the last couple of months as far as that goes. Then I think um, you're right. It definitely has a lot to do with the fact that you're moderating a lot of them and then you are like, yeah. well, uh, that, so, so you assume a different position there, right? Yeah. Even though I have to admit it, there is this balance that to me it's weird because then during my days off, I'm peeking in the side and reading things and then I am, I get to this point where I am like, huh, I'm, Am I being a user right now, or am I being a moderator? <laughs> it's a, it's a fucking. I, I tell you, it's one of the biggest mind fucks of this job. Is like you know, having to navigate your own understanding of your navigation of that space is. Uh, it's an ouroboros. Of like, yeah, Loop and I were talking about this during your uh, lengthy reboot too. Is trying to figure out like what time that I'm spending interacting with you know, loop or users or you or paperwork is, you know, work time. Uh, and, and what's just me being me, which I would have been doing if I weren't also the nominal owner of. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler alert, the division is not clear right now. And <laughs> she's underestimating how much I'm time doing she's doing. I'm doing a terrible do job things. as usual getting paid. This is just this the is, story of my is, life. Yeah. I will work on it. I have endeavored to work on it. This is, this is sort of endemic to like, this is kind of like the nature of the Metafilter Stafford system extent yeah was, I, uh... I, I literally asked her to report how many hours she worked and i reported and then, the literal meetings that i went to and nothing else yeah and i was like okay come on you've been I talking know. just talking to me you have spent like twice that amount i know well and i didn't feel like i should count the podcast because josh doesn't get paid for those i don't think uh, no, <laughs> I mean when when I worked there, like it like it fell into well, that's one of the things I'm doing. But like I've never like paid myself a an hourly bonus for podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> and Metafilter used to pay for my phone and does not, and that's fine uh, for doing the podcast. But yeah, it's it's worth trying to pay more attention without also feeling like you know I'm I'm bilking the site of. I don't know. It's a difficult issue for me. I it's, should it's, get some more time in therapy. Yeah, like it's 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 weird, stupid 
uh, complicated emotional space thinking about like because because like it's Metafilter hasn't been like you know riding high on a good budget in a long time so it's hard not to by produce of caring about the site and wanting to do stuff for it because you care about it it's hard not to sort of discount like yeah but does that really does that really need like a dollar amount and I could just do, and like yeah it's you should get paid and also there's no money and like you know how do you balance and those out actually it's fucking that's hard. super funny to me because because i have this thing where i had this conversation with lobster meeting during the transition and with jessamine now where i am like no if you were there and you were working you're supposed to be paid for that right but doing it to myself on the other <laughs> hand right Good well, luck with and, that. And also it's tricky because I think, you know, there used to be kind of slush time when moderators, if they had stuff they were working on, could do that during not their moderator time. And so that's been, I think, corralled in a way. Yeah, that's... yeah we, we used to have the flexibility to just sort of like throw some extra hours on like by implication. It was just right, on the Right, like I worked period. on the FAQ for an hour, so pay me for that, even though it wasn't my mod shift, but it was hard to predict, and as a result, with the necessity of budgeting, and also, unless your mod shift is really super busy, hopefully you can nest those things. Not that I would yeah. tell anybody how to do their job, but but so that's been a change, <laughs> I think. What? I know for a fact that you would tell people how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> If you I, would I, like to get into on. this, Josh no, Ward, no, we can, absolutely oh my not. God, I just, get into I just this. Have, I just have terrible instincts is all. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yes, it's, a, it's an interesting and, and tricky conundrum trying to figure out how, how this all works. Oh my God. Sorry, I thought the, you know, blanket I was Sorry. under was, which is an electric blanket, but I haven't turned it on. I felt like it had turned itself on and I was going to die from sweat. Oh, I thought maybe it was going to be like a squirrel report or something. Uh, squirrel report. They are outside. They're climbing all over the suet. They're driving me crazy. There's a goldfinch about a foot and a half from my nose outside. But Which I'm sorry. Were we getting somewhere? The... Yeah, going back to exactly <laughs> sorry, that. No, don't worry. <laughs> going back to exactly that, it just crossed my mind because I think one of the things that we've been getting way better at is literally the fact that that does not apply to you, Jess, and me and myself, but to the other moderators, we've gotten to the point where it's like, I think they are in a position where they know exactly what they are focusing on, so the division is clearer, right? Yeah. For, for both you and I, it's like, sometimes it requires us to be like all over the place, right? But I think it was, before it was so that everybody was had to be all over the place and wear many hats now i yeah. don't think it's the case anymore so that's getting better and that actually makes me happy very happy yeah, yeah. no, no I, I agree i think that's a, i think that's a, a a positive change and hopefully one that's that's good for the mod team in addition to just you know being acceptable and workable for you know the site and the users yeah yeah and it's not my problem anymore, so... Will you stop with that? <laughs> not, not, I can probably, make it your problem. Pro probably a couple more months, probably, <laughs> to get out of my system. It's, Isn't uh, that it's, like I, wishful thinking or something like it's that? It's totally <laughs> wishful thinking. Yeah, probably. Well, what, is it, what does they say about, like, you know, the, the you need, like, half as long as a relationship to recover from the breakup for it? Um, oh, yeah. So, like, half or you know, a third. Like, seven and a, it, like I'll, I'll be 50, and I'll be, like, completely chill about uh, everything Metafilter-related by then, so... Um, <laughs> 
I, until I, then. I, I want that for you, Josh. <laughs> I'm good there. I'm actually, it's, it's, it's been good. I uh, feel like it's... Matt's there, but let's see if he feels the same way when we cancel his Netflix. <laughs> he probably doesn't even fucking use that account either. That's probably part of why. <laughs> this is a, for people who have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Like, Luke was looking over uh, PayPal stuff and found a Netflix charge. And was like, hey, it, it, is your Netflix on, on, on the company? It, it didn't seem like, like a dodgy thing that you would do, Josh. Well, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've very pointedly not like put anything that wasn't explicitly work related uh, on there, and now pulled all that off. Um, but like, you know, it's like, well, no, I don't even have Netflix anymore. Um, but it wouldn't have been on the thing. Could it be Matt's? But we changed all the bank account stuff when Matt left, so it wouldn't be. But it was like the old PayPal account, which has a gigantic storm of payments every month. So finding one line item. Uh, especially if you're not looking for it, which PayPal does not make it easy to. Like Loop has caught this thing that's probably been there for, yeah, at least uh, at least probably five years, maybe more. Uh, and then come on, let's give you some credit. The thing is that you you had to do so many different things, right? Sure, you were wearing I just, like I, ten I, different I, hats. <laughs> but I'm also like, oh, the fucking Netflix. Um, well, I literally but that's, have that, been yeah. looking at numbers for the past month and a half or two months. Yeah. Every single day, right? That's and we been thank my main you for focus. it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, it's it's one of those things where where you can do it just because of the support from everyone, right? I mean, I see it, and when I say this, I actually mean it. I can see uh, the change in how the community is reacting to the things that we're doing. I can, I have you every single day. Every time I reach out to Josh, he's like, okay, let me actually, uh, this is not supposed to be my problem anymore, but it actually is. Let me help you. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody is helping, right? So it's not like I'm doing a titanic job. It's mostly like everybody is. And that to me is amazing. Yep. Uh, Same. Just be sure just to keep nodding it along here. Yeah. Keep keep it healthy. Maybe that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah. Actually, I... actually, you are touching. We didn't even mention the thing that I'm. That has that to me. It's what it's making me super happy, and is. I don't even want to think about all the amazing work that the transition team has been putting in. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe that we didn't even mention that because to me it's been like, how are they doing? And I am like, they are doing great. <laughs> but I literally, it's one of those things that even paying attention to where they are at, it's extra attention that I haven't had in the past weeks, right? And I check in with them and everything, but it's so much. It's so much that it actually gives me a lot of perspective into how many things Josh you were doing that I would I would be like no I couldn't do, I couldn't have done any anything if it was exactly the same thing like you're going to be doing what Josh was doing I would have run away right yeah no it was not it would have been bad. horizon I mean and to some extent like you know it was also like hitting breaking points where this it was the stuff that I was in theory doing and, and that wasn't, wasn't getting even done. able to yeah. do all of it yeah, yeah. like you know it, it was not sustainable so like I'm very very glad to hear that that balance is existing there and yeah no i i i've had the again i've had the pleasure of not having to keep real close track of it the transition team has you know checked in with me about a couple things but most of their i think when they're checking in it's with like the continuing staff and uh 
and yeah, they've been doing a ton of good, thoughtful work and trying to move this along. And that's, it's really fantastic. And just thank you all for doing that work and making it possible for me to not like spend a couple of months dragging myself along and trying to come up with a framework uh, or a skeleton of something myself when I was already that extremely done. Yeah, um, and there's been a really nice, um, the the people who are going over the survey, there's been a really nice thread on MetaTalk. Uh, you know, they're like, look, we're going to change the scope a little bit of the review of these answers, if that's okay with people. And also, does anybody want to help? Because it turns out this is kind of a big thing. And, and that's actually been going really well. Like people are people are super positive about it, which is great. And they're going to get a little bit of help from Excellent. other people to let them review it. I know I've had like a really gratifying, um, you know, back and forth ongoing email exchange with um, Brandon Blatcher just talking about, you know, kind of his view of transition team stuff and where it overlaps with my stuff and how I need to stop emailing him because I'm doing too much work. And, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just been, it's been, it's been gratifying to see uh, power being able to shift and uh, yeah. be, be in a different place and having the site still doing okay. Uh, yeah. And that, I mean, that's part of what will make it possible to keep this sort of healthier, future balance like that that is the thing like if if no one person has to do everything then everyone can have a better shot of doing the things they are doing and that's like it's it sounds simple putting it out loud but like i recognize how much i was not like you know following that thinking in practice you know when i worked there still so it's yeah it's great i i'm, I'm really I'm, I'm really happy to see things going along and and yeah thank you all for that work and yeah, the, the survey data thing, like dealing with qualitative survey data is a huge fucking task. Huge task. Um, like it is something, it's a very good thing to get some extra hands on because like it's easy to yes. underestimate how much work it will be. Um, I. <laughs> hey, do you remember the favorite survey, Jessamine? You shut up. Um, <laughs> I have a friend shut who's up. a low-key mephite who has like bugged me literally every year about that. Like it stopped being a serious bug, but at that like it just became a yearly ritual. It's like, oh hey, so when are you gonna put out the uh, favorites uh, survey data? And like, yeah, it was oh, a humongous fucking task. Oh, you mean like task. saying that the data? Oh my god, I forgot yeah, we collected that a part of it. Huge amount of data, and it was like just impossible to fucking get through in a reasonable way, and it was just not the important thing at the time. And who was in charge at the time? You, Matt? <sighs> this was like 2008, so I was like still the junior mod. So I was um, the senior mod, but it was this was all Matt's fault, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know that Matt was ever that interested in the survey. In the first well, place, he wasn't so. because, I mean, I think the entire point was Matt liked favorites and that was a little bit more when the site was just Matt. Like yeah. he made the decisions. He added titles. He, you know, launched a beta of travel filter that never went anywhere. Like there was a bunch of stuff he did just because it was his and that's how it worked. And that yeah. has changed, I think, mostly for the better. But there was a lot of grousing about favorites. I seem to recall, God, I have seriously this is, suppressed this memory. We could go down a rabbit hole. This could be for another episode. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 there's a lot we could dig into there. Um, but anyway. But there yes. was a big um, argument about whether favorites were ruining the site or not. And so in order oh, yeah. to get some more data on it, there was a survey, the results of which were never really well, made Well, but first, public, that, right? that, that came on the tail end of like experimentally hiding them. 
which was the thing that got people so, 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 so angry. Oh. And in retrospect, was like a real bold move, Cotton. Um, that's, but, uh, that's what I'm confusing yeah, it with. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a whole thing. Anyway, Thanks yes, for this bringing that whole... up. I thought we were having a nice time. <laughs> I'm just trying to make things uncomfortable <laughs> enough that we stop so so I can go to the bathroom. I'm just grabbing um, popcorn because literally one of the things that keeps me sane in here is the fact that I don't have all of that back. You know, yeah. I don't have I think it's what makes you I effective, for Loop. Yes. Yeah, God bless you. Getting out from 20 years of fucking baggage is like a that's a healthy move for the site just in general 20 um, 25 20, 20 20 22 and change going on 23 hey the birthday's coming up pretty soon. like oh, middle shit. of june is the site birthday i hope you plan and I mean, something trust Luke. me i care like you have no idea about the site and about how things improve and change and everything sure but the thing is as much as i care i don't have that many years of baggage to get in the way, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like baggage in the, in the in the purest sense. I don't regret having a long sense of history on Metafilter. Sure. And it can potentially be a resource now and then uh, to y'all in that capacity. But the baggage thing is like, yeah, there's a lot of... You're, you, know, you have feelings about your family that stop being sort of rational at a certain point because it's just these people you've lived with for so long. It's that the same thing happens with online communities. And like, you know, there's a lot of people in my family. It's complicated. Um, anyway, yes. All right. Well, this has been fucking delightful. And we talked about uh, two Metafilter posts, and I feel like that's a triumph. So... Um, why don't we wrap it up and uh, we'll uh, figure out what happens uh, next month or middle of next month if we want to alienate a bunch of people with more video game talk. Sure. Um, Worked out yeah. pretty well this time. But yeah, yeah, I have to go talk to a nice lady about uh, strategic planning in public libraries. That's my next meeting. So nice. this has been well, great. Loop, thanks so much for coming on and being on and also, you know, for literally everything. Yep. Um, but this has been this has been a real uh, a pleasure. I'm, I'm I'm glad we gotta just like yammer like this for a while, and uh, I would be happy to uh, have you on uh, in the future as you uh, are so inclined. Yep, sure. Same, same. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, for that matter, you can decide what happens there. Cause <laughs> well, I mean, you know how to, when and how to reach me. I'm literally yep. here. <laughs> Uh, it's one of those things where I'm glad to be here and uh, I mean I, I have no opinions on that trust me I need to have opinions on so many things right now that this is one of those where I'm like nope no opinions we, we, we're, the, we're the no opinions squad we come here and just have blessed freedom from opinions for a while um, alright well hey thanks everybody for listening and uh, that's a podcast and uh, we'll do whatever we do next whenever we do it next yeah See you next month. Bye, everyone.